information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Well, looky here. Not only does the United Auto Workers want employers to offer something called a defined benefit plan, it appears that IBM is doing just that for their employees, which is all well and good for the employees of IBM, but what about you? Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money, the Worry-Free Retirement, with your host, nationally recognized retirement specialist and six-time author and fiduciary, Tony Walker. Ever since the first ships loaded with precious cargo crossed the Atlantic, the insurance industry has been in the business of protecting consumers and businesses from loss. Much like the concept of protecting precious cargo on the seven seas, today insurance companies protect us from the loss of cars, homes, health, and yes, even protect loved ones from financial loss because of family members who die. To say insurance companies are in a most unique position of providing protection on a, on a whole host of issues is an understatement. You see, unlike Wall Street, which is more interested in growing money with little thought to protecting it as it grows, insurance companies are more interested in protection than they are in taking risk with your money and trying to grow it. And since this show is geared towards securing one's retirement, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the one thing insurance companies provide that Wall Street cannot, that one product that can guarantee you won't run out of money, that's right, it's called the annuity. And although the sale of annuities in 2022 was the highest ever, still the mere mention of the word annuity creates in the minds of many advisors and consumers a desire to avoid annuities altogether. Which is why today we are changing the name of this age-old financial product from annuity to a new name. A name that savers have been wanting and craving for years. A name that will forever more put annuities in a more favorable light. You ready? Here it goes. Well, let's get started. Well, welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest, name-changing specialist and fiduciary, Tony Walker, and before we share with you the new name that annuities will go by starting today and from this day forward, let me introduce to you in the Worry-Free Studios this morning on this December 27th, still in the year 2023, America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. Hey, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, audience. Well, uh, we're getting ready to get into a name change, Aaron. Have you ever thought about companies that have gone through name changes before, just for whatever reason, maybe it's a branding issue, maybe they've had some negative press, anything comes to mind where a company just literally changed the name of their company? Changing the actual name of their company? Uh, no, nothing comes to mind. I do remember when Clear Pepsi came out, though, that was, uh, you know, something that they were, I guess, trying to market, like not necessarily changing their name, but just like a new thing they thought that they were just capitalizing on. I don't think it worked out real well. I'm wondering about uh, Bud Light. You know, they've been, been through a lot of controversy. I wonder if they're going to change the name. I don't know what they're, I know that's controversial, but I don't know what they're going to do about that. But 
what's happened, folks, in this industry? And we're going to, I'm going to kind of bounce around a lot today because I'm going to touch on a lot of articles. I'm going to cover uh, something called the 60-40 rule. But it has been very frustrating for me uh, over 20 years now. I've been in the business going on 40 years, but over the last 20 years have really focused on building out a retirement planning process. We call it the worry-free retirement. And also we've been integrating within that process something called fixed annuities, mainly fixed interest and fixed indexed annuities. And uh, Aaron, you I mean, you've helped me with literally hundreds of shows I mean, how many shows would you say I've devoted to just trying to help people understand that, hey, annuities are not that bad. In the right circumstances, they can be wonderful tools. I mean, how, how much have I covered this topic? I mean, over, I would say easily over half of the number of episodes that we've done. We're going to record number uh, 497 a little later today. And I would, I mean, I yeah, I would say probably easily over 300 episodes. You've... I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it just... And I think the reason is, folks, we have over 3,000 annuities that we have sold to our clients. Uh, our clients love these products. Again, we're talking about savers. This show is dedicated to savers. That definition of a saver is somebody who's more concerned about the protection and return of their money as opposed to the return on it. So again, annuities are not that great of tools for investors and speculators, mainly because annuities, again, are issued by insurance companies. And they're set up to, to more protect the money, make sure you don't run out of money. They're not trying to grow it at all costs, which is why I get it, why investors and speculators are not too keen on annuities. But we're seeing something I saw in 2008. When the market crashed back then, and now in 2022 when the market crashed again, we're seeing this flight to these things called fixed annuities. And the sales are growing. This is according to LIMRA. LIMRA is an organization that tracks the sale of insurance products. Uh, Let me kind of look at this. Let's see. Preliminary second quarter in 2023, total U.S. annuity sales jumped 12% to $88 billion in the second quarter, which is really not a lot of money when you think of the trillions of dollars controlled by Wall Street. Um, deferred income annuities, we do a lot of those, topped $1 billion for the first time. It goes on and on. I mean, bottom line is, folks, annuity sales jumped a ton in 2022 and looks like 2023 as well, I think, as a result of the market going down. So what I've tried to decide to do, Aaron, and we've used this uh, trademark term mailbox money, but I think from now on I'm going to try to remember not to mention the word annuity but kind of change the brand to mailbox money. What do you think? Okay. Okay. And most uh, people that listen to this show or watch the TV show, I'll even have them come in sometimes. They're interested in mailbox money because mailbox money is similar to what we talked about in the intro. Mailbox money is really just a pension. So we're seeing all of these union workers wanting GM to offer a pension. They're not going to do it. And then all of a sudden we're seeing IBM, a huge company, I grabbed the article here. Uh, it literally, this came from Rethinking 65. This is an article you can find anywhere. They've just kind of taken it and revamped it. But uh, this is this is breaking news. Basically, IBM is now going to start offering defined benefit plans. Aaron, this is what's called a pension. Now, this is this is kind of historic because really pensions about 1978 when the 401k was introduced. Uh, they've kind of gone the way of the dinosaur. I don't know if I've even seen a major company um, resurrect these pensions. In fact, it's so funny, uh, this article says, Big Blue, referring to IBM, made headlines recently when it announced plans to end 
its 401k matching contribution in favor of a new benefit that walks, talks, and sounds like a good old-fashioned pension. And then it goes on to talk about something we've talked about for years, how employers did away with pensions. They were too expensive. But um, and, and then also noted here that in uh, the SECURE Act of 2019, you haven't seen many of these yet. You're going to start seeing these folks in your 401k plans. Congress cleared the path to add insurance company annuities into defined contribution plans. So I know this gets complicated, folks. I didn't write these laws, but let's make sure we understand the difference between a defined benefit plan, and this is important for today, listen, a defined benefit plan and a defined contribution plan. A defined benefit plan is really what a pension is. In other words, down the road, as you work and slave away and work 30 years or whatever it is, like my granddad did, what they're promising you is there will be a certain benefit available to you that's guaranteed to start in retirement for the rest of your life. Okay, that's a defined benefit or what's called a pension. We'll be talking about private pensions in just a second. A defined contribution plan means that they're defining what they'll put in now. That's the 401k plan. In other words, your employer match. I'm going to give you an example of somebody that had an employer match and how little they've paid on their 401k, even with the employer match. That means is you have a defined contribution going in, but there is no defined benefit. I mean, Aaron, if you had all your money in the stock market, and I said, Aaron, what do you think it'll be worth in 20 years? What would be the defined amount of money? There's no way you would know that, right? Right. You don't know. It could be a million. It could be 100000 So that's called a defined contribution. That's your 401k. So the defined benefit plan is really what we've been doing for years. We call it a private pension plan, and we use the products of annuities. I just said it, Aaron. Uh, Mailbox money, all right? You got to put a quarter in the annuity jar now. (laughs) That would be funny. Uh, Yeah, uh, Derek, give me a good sound effect of a coin dropping in a, a jar each time I accidentally say annuity. So when we come back, again, we're going to talk about the idea of you not having a pension, uh, you know, let's say you're not 35 years old working for IBM. This idea of IBM offered a pension does you no good, right? You are getting ready to retire or you're already retired and you like the idea of a defined benefit, a defined amount of money that somebody's going to send you guaranteed for the rest of your life. We call it money. So when I return, we're going to talk about the 60-40 rule. What a debacle that's been. We're going to talk about somebody's 401k that actually used something called the 40-60 rule and how neither of those can help this saver sleep better at night because they don't have that defined benefit or private pension plan that we offer through Tony Walker Financial. I am Tony Walker. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. We will be right back. Did you realize that if you have more than $250,000 in retirement assets, the government could tax as much as 40% of it when you go to take it out? And with current tax rates set to expire in 2025, the taxes you will owe on your 401k could climb even higher. Don't wait until 2025 to see how much Uncle Sam will take of your money. Get a game plan by logging on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com.
Welcome back, everyone, to the Worry-Free Retirement, and I am America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Ornder. I got the Tony in the trenches. I got the TNT here. Uh, this, this question comes from, well, they didn't provide their name, but that's okay. Let me go ahead and read it to you, Tony. All righty. It says, Tony, I'm one of those types who likes to keep things simple, but I've been hearing a lot about trusts. Is a trust something I need, or are there more simple things I should be concerned with so that my beneficiaries can easily take over my assets when I die? All right, and this is a question I get all the time, and let me preface this, folks. We are retirement planning specialists. I've been involved in retirement planning and estate planning for many, many years. In fact, back in the 80s and 90s, used to work on very, very complicated estate planning uh, cases with businesses and coordinate with attorneys and CPAs, but I am not an attorney, okay? So I cannot actually give you legal advice, but here's what I would say. The key to that question is keep things simple. I have found over the years in meeting literally with thousands of people, listen very closely to this, folks, the more you put in writing legally, okay, the more you put in writing with these fancy schmancy trusts, I'm not saying not to do them, but the more complicated you will make things for yourself and sometimes even more complicated for the advisors and the beneficiaries after you pass away. Uh, I've had people come to me and these assets flow into these trusts and then they come to us and want them to invest all these fractional shares and stuff. I mean, it can be a nightmare. So again, I'm not telling you not to do some of these fancy schmancy trusts. Here's what I would suggest you consider doing. Now this is for every red-blooded American riding down the road listening to this radio show. These are the documents that you should strongly consider with your attorney uh, and, and if you're wanting to really keep things simple. First of all, it's called a simple will. I used to call these sweetheart wills. In other words, keep it very simple. Who's going to get what when you die? Usually that's your sweetheart or your wife or your kids, but keep it very simple and divide out those shares. Now, if you can, this is what I've done. I don't have any living trust. I've got a what's called testamentary trust established through my will, which says when I die, money will be set aside in a trust to pay for grandkids' education. So that would be an example of a testamentary trust, but you could have what's called a living trust. A living trust is you get the trust now, you transfer assets into the living trust so that when you die, the beneficiaries can immediately get those assets without probate. Again, in 99% of the cases, living trusts do not save you anything in taxes. It's just a way to easily transfer the assets upon your death and avoid probate. Uh, another thing I recommend is a durable power of attorney. That just allows uh, for someone to, to act on your behalf financially should you become disabled or you have dementia. Or, uh, we had a situation where we had a client. She was single. Had, was in a terrible car wreck. This was several years ago. We get this call from her sister and uh, the, the, the lady's in a coma and she's wanting to know about her finances. We couldn't, we couldn't share any of that financial information with her sister. If we'd had a durable power of attorney on file for us to share that with the sister, fine, but we didn't. So this is something that you need to make sure and force and listen very carefully too. Be careful who you name as the durable power of attorney, the attorney in fact. Some people just slap on one of their children. That's fine. But you got to remember, there's a lot of responsibility and it can create a lot of conflict among other adult children if you give just one child the say-so on what happens to all that money. It can be a real dangerous thing. Um, some sort of health care related document. Um, 
that, that would tell people, I call this the pull the plug on me will. In other words, some sort of living will or something that says, hey, if I am in that coma, who's going to be authorized to tell the doctor to pull that cord out and end this thing? You would need a document in place to do that. And finally, uh, I remember studying under, um, you've heard me talk about well-known CPA Ed Slot, Aaron. Okay, he told a great story. He was big on making sure you keep your beneficiaries up to date, which we try to do that at Tony Walker Financial. Um, you know, we had 53 death claims last year. We will have that many or more this year. And one of the things people forget about when we meet with people, when we meet with the beneficiaries, we'll say, by the way, when you get the ownership of these assets, you're going to have to change the beneficiaries. A lot of times they forget that. So the story goes something like this, and I'll move on here, but this is not a funny story, but it's interesting, Aaron. So a gentleman was worth about a million dollars, had a, had a pension he'd rolled into an IRA, has his wife as a beneficiary, right? When he dies, she gets it. I'm, okay. Okay. They divorce. So he naturally goes, rearranges all of his wills and everything. He ends up marrying another lady, puts the second wife on the will. He thinks everything's fine, and he eventually dies. Everything that went through the will goes to his second wife. But what he forgot to do is change the beneficiary on the million-dollar IRA, which still had his pres- former wife on, to his present wife. And what somebody forgot to tell him is the beneficiary trumps the will. It didn't matter what his will said. The million dollars went to his former wife. Wife number one. <laughs> All right. So, folks, keep those beneficiaries up to date, and certainly we can help you with that if you're a client at Tony Walker Financial. In fact, if you're a client out there riding down the road, we don't know a lot of who's passed away sometimes. Uh, you could have had even a child pass away that's a beneficiary of your own annuity or life insurance. Be sure to contact us if there's been any changes. Uh, Aaron, this comes up a lot. You have wayward children. Just things happen and they forget that they, or maybe a child who can't handle the money. So that might be required to have a trust or something like that. So we are happy to talk about any of those situations, certainly. Okay, let's get back to the topic here before we run out of time. Um, Again, this is kind of interesting. Uh, Again, folks, we are registered investment advisors. We are fiduciaries. Uh, We, deep down, we'll put money wherever you want us to. We have the Charles Schwab platform, which is stocks, bonds, mutual funds, bank products. We've got about $235 million with Schwab, and we have about $600 million of annuities we've written over the years. So we like both of those worlds. We tend to gravitate more towards the annuity world, or what we're going to call, there it goes, doggone, I said annuity again, what we call the mailbox money world, all right, because of that guaranteed lifetime income that stocks, bonds, mutual funds cannot provide. But I found this was interesting. Statistically, the share of adults investing money in the stock market in the United States from 1999 to 2023, Aaron, back in 2007. Now, 2007, that was one of the highest the markets had ever been, all right? Great year. 65% of Americans had money in the stock market. You with me? Yep. Okay. What do you think most Americans did right after the crash of 2008? Because for about five years, the market was down. Do you think people bought more stocks or there was less? Started pulling their shares, I'm sure. There you go. So it dropped down to 52% of Americans owned stocks in 2013. Now, as we fast forward to 2023, the market's back up. What do you think the number of people in the stocks who own stocks? Yeah, it's probably gone up. It's probably gone up from 52% or whatever it is. So, folks, what that tells me is people are trying to chase returns, and that's a dangerous world to get in, trying to time the market getting in and out of it. In fact, what we would recommend is something we call our split IRA concept. 
Uh, we do not try to time the market. What we try to figure up on the front end when we're working with a new client is how much of this money do you really want exposed to risk? You know, if you have a half million dollars in your IRA and you want to move it to Tony Walker Financial, do you want 15% exposed to risk, 20, 30? And then the balance of that generally that you don't want at risk, we put into these beloved, I'll call them the mailbox money account or private pension plans. So how would this work? Well, when I come back, we're going to compare someone that brought me a 401k statement the other day, wanted me to review it. They've been following the mantra of what's called the 60-40 rule provided by Wall Street. They have no annuities, but now they've, I've got their attention on this mailbox money, this idea of having a defined benefit out there, a private pension plan that would provide a definite amount of money each and every month for as long as you live. Good stuff coming your way. I'm Tony Walker along with Aaron Orender. We will be right back. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a pension buyout? Has the company you work for moved, been acquired, or closed its doors forever? And finally, do you have a 401k with a previous employer you'd like to move to safer territory? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k or lump sum pension to Tony Walker Financial. Let's meet in person to discuss your retirement options. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your free, no-obligation appointment. Let us help you today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Worry-Free Retirement. Again, I am America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orner. Tony, I got an article in front of me, man, and I just, I got to read you the headline. It's just, it, it's pretty comical to me, and I'll let you kind of expound on it. It says here, new annuity products don't have icky feeling of commission. <laughs> what exactly is an uh, icky feeling? This. I guess that kind of depends, right? Yeah, let me see that. Yeah, I've never heard icky. I've heard people say they hate annuities, but icky... Well, okay, so if you really go down and read between the lines, what this article's referring to is more and more advisors are now, from Wall Street I'm talking about, starting to sell annuities. If you're just out joining us, we're calling it mailbox money because annuities have this terrible name attached to them. Every time you bring it up, here's a two smiling faces that apparently refer to annuities as icky products. But basically what's happened is, let me read this, here we go, this gentleman from... DPL Financial Partners. Anyway, he says, if you liked commissions, you loved annuities because they can pay handsome ones. Now, that is correct. Annuities, some of them can pay pretty large commissions. If you worked on AUM fees, that's assets under management, we do that as well through our Charles Schwab platform. We charge eight-tenths of one percent. Many of these money managers are charging one and a half or more, some big-time fees. Anyway, if you worked on AUM fees, according to this fella, you didn't like them because they represented lost revenue. And he is correct. So what he's saying is Wall Street didn't like annuities, Aaron, because they paid big commissions. But if Wall Street would have gotten the big commissions, why wouldn't they have sold them? The reason they don't want to sell them is they'd rather have the fees. Does that make sense? That's what I was going to say. They're they're getting fees from yeah. that money. They're, they're stating their own case, which is kind of comical. So basically, he says, annuities also served as an easy poster boy. Well, this is a good quote a poster boy to sell against them with their high commissions and corresponding high fees. So this is very much incorrect in a lot of ways. First of all, not all annuities even charge fees. Not all annuities pay high commissions. Some do. Some do charge fees. So folks, what I would say is this. 
there is a lot of misinformation and misrepresentation on what these products annuities are. The reason Wall Street is going to start sharing them with you is because now annuities are being built out so that a Wall Street person can charge recurring fees. Um, We've looked at these, quite frankly, we think in most cases, since we can couple our split IRA, that a commissionable annuity is actually better for the client because we don't have to tack on the fees. You let the insurance companies pay our commission and you don't. All right. So hopefully that helps. All right, here we go. We're going to go real quickly in our time remaining. This particular, we've talked about the 60-40 rule. That's where you're supposed to have 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds. That's supposed to keep you safe. And we saw in 2022 that that mixture of stocks and bonds was one of the worst debacles of losses since the Great Depression. Lost over 20%. If you had it in that, and the reason people did that, usually bonds move opposite of stocks that didn't happen in 2022. And a lot of people lost a lot of money. Well, someone came to me the other day concerned that their 401k was not making a lot. They couldn't figure out um, how much it was making. So this particular prospect brought me a statement from their 401k with this particular uh, institution. In 2019, it had about $300,000 in it. It did shoot up to $396,000 in 2021, which is a huge gain. But then now, as of 2023, it dropped back down to $348,000. So still, quite frankly, not bad. But you got to remember something, okay? This person went with what's called a 40-60 mix, They were putting 40% in stocks, 60% in bonds. But when you think about it, that was a period of, let's see, one, two, three, four. Yeah, four total years. Look at what they were putting into this. Watch this, folks. The employee put in $10,000 a year. So that would be $40,000. See if you can add this up real quick, Aaron. We started out in 2019 at $300. Okay, we're going to go over a four-year period. For every year, they put in $10,000. That's $40,000, right? Sure. Four years. And the employer, that's the defined contribution plan, matched three thousand a year. That's how much? That's another twelve thousand. So three hundred plus forty plus twelve. Drum roll, Derek. That's three hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars. That's contributed. What did we say the amount was at the end of twenty twenty-three? Three hundred and forty-eight. Doesn't sound like they're getting too far, does it? Nope. So you look at these graphs, uh, and I know you can't see it through the magic of radio, but this graph, on paper, you look at the graph and go, eh, I've made a bunch of money. No, you haven't, not in this case. So this is why we introduced something called the split IRA concept and why we feel that having a defined benefit plan or a private pension plan, something only that mailbox money can provide, is the key to a worry-free retirement because this graph just proves it. I mean, it went up, it can go down, you're adding in all this money. There's no way of knowing, based on this 401k statement, what this young lady, who's getting ready to retire next year, what this young lady is going to be able to count on as far as guaranteed income for life. So how do we pull this off? What do we actually do with the split IRA? And incidentally, if you want to get a private pension plan through Tony Walker Financial, you can be retired, you can be nearing retirement. Uh, you could have, is, is assuming you have more than $50,000 in a previous 401k or IRA, you can put that in a private pension plan with Tony Walker Financial. But here's what we do. We figure out, first of all, how much risk you're willing to take. And secondly, how much flexibility and use of that money you need. So let's go to that $500,000, this person here. Well, let's just talk about this one. This young lady's looking at uh, 348. 
let's say it doesn't go up anymore between now and next year when she retires. If she wanted to roll that over, we would put that in our split IRA concept. And we're not going to load it up on a 60-40 or 40-60 bond stock split. We don't do it that way. What we're trying to determine is how much of this money do you want designated to your private pension plan? That's the portion of money that goes into the annuities. Our new name is mailbox money. That's your guaranteed lifetime income, just like IBM and all these other companies are going to start offering. How much do you want going there? And then how much money do you want to keep what we call liquid or flexible Or some people say, Tony, I still want some of that money invested for growth. That's where we would use our Charles Schwab platform, which again, yes, we charge fees for that, but the fees are some of the lowest in the industry. Plus, you get a full service retirement planning firm who's local and will be here to meet with you anytime you need us at Tony Walker Financial. And we do all of the planning services. We do all the tax calculations. We do all the distributions, the withholdings. If you have questions about things you might need for estate planning, uh, social security questions, all of that is included at no additional charge to our clients. So what are you waiting for? If you're sitting there and you're tired of the roller coaster ride of the stock market, you're tired of these Wall Street formulas that don't work, you're even tired of hearing all this negative stuff about annuities, and you're now ready for maybe that private pension plan or, or what we call mailbox money, do this right now. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Just click on that Let's Get Started, and we will arrange something we call our free 10-minute fiduciary phone call. And if it warrants, we will meet with you in person at either our Bowling Green, Louisville, or Lexington, Kentucky offices. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com, or give us a call at 877-499-9255. That's 877-499-WALK. Well, we've enjoyed being with you today, but you remember between now and next week, if all else fails, you be worry-free and make it a good one.